Our Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you are the owner of all things and that you have called us to be stewards, faithful stewards. And as we open your word today, as we study today, as we learn today, may these things not just be shelved in our mind, but may they be worked out in our hands so that we can indeed live lives as faithful stewards. So bless us today and, and help, help the technology thing to work if it's your will. Um, and if not, help us not to stress over it. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, I hope you brought your Bibles. Everyone bring a Bible. We're going to look at the first text today, and we're talking about debt is dumb, okay? Um, the idea of debt being a dumb thing. Now, that's not just, you know, a, a Dave Ramsey slogan. If you've ever, anyone listen to Dave Ramsey, you know, he talks about debt is dumb all the time. But this is actually a biblical principle. Go to Proverbs chapter 22 with me as we dive into this. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7 is, is the, the verse that we typically go to when we're talking about the issue of debt. Now, I find that, that people who are out of debt tend to really like to stand in the soapbox. And people who are in debt kind of like to stay away from it because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, because you know, I'm in debt, right? Well, this applies to all of us, whether you're in debt or not, because this is biblical. And whether you agree with it or not doesn't matter. This is truth, right? So you may say, well, no, it's not that. No, it is, because the Bible says it. In, in verse 7 of Proverbs 22, it says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is what? Slave or servant to the lender. Now, that word servant there is bondage. When you are in debt, you are in bondage, the Bible says. Now, Jesus came to do what? What did he come to do? To set the captives free. To set those who are in bondage free. Now, when you read the Gospels, like in, in uh, John 8, it tells us there that the truth will set us free, and then it tells us that Jesus sets us free, and he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? So what he wants to set us free from is not just the bondage of sin, but he wants to set us free from the other bondages that Satan wants to put us in. And one of those is debt. Okay? Go to Proverbs chapter 28 with me. In Proverbs chapter 28, in verse 20, this is what Solomon has to say. Come on in. There's a few seats in the back. There's a couple up here. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 20, it says this. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who what? What's the next word there? Okay, he who hastens or makes haste to be rich will go will not go unpunished. Now you think, well, how, what does that have to deal with, with, with this? Well, you know what? When you use credit to purchase something, you are hastening yourself to be rich. Right? Because you're not saying, well, I will, I will budget this thing and I will over a course of time be able to purchase it. I want it now. Right? I want it now. Now, it was interesting to me. Yesterday, I was at the ABC sale. And I was helping my wife. She volunteered to help there at one of the tables. Well, our table was the cash table. And it was very interesting to me. The credit card table had a line that went almost halfway down the auditorium. The cash table, we only had, I think it was maybe five or six people that came to the cash table. Now, that, you may think, well, what, what's the big deal? Well, you know what it is, is it's, and, and granted, you say, well, some of those people might be paying that off every month. Well, okay. But Melissa's going to talk to, about this, I'm sure, is that, you know, you buy more when you use plastic. Because you buy things you don't 
really need. But here the Bible says that those who hasten to gain wealth, those who hasten to get material things, those who hasten to, to pile it up, it says there that they will not go unpunished. There's a punishment that comes with not waiting, with not budgeting, with not putting aside a little money every month and then getting it. There used to be a thing when I was a kid called layaway. Somebody ever hear that? Yeah, the new generation maybe never heard of that. Um, but it used to be that, okay, you'd go to Kmart and, and they'd lay it away. And you'd pay, 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 pay. And finally you could get it. But we don't live in that world anymore because we want everything right now, right now. Okay? Um, go to Proverbs chapter 13. And I've got to be careful here because I don't want to take Melissa's time. But uh, there is some things here that we need to look at. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11 It says their wealth gained by dishonesty will what? Diminish. And then what, is, what does Solomon say? But he who gathers by what? Labor will increase. Okay. So there's a principle in Scripture. And that principle is that you work and then you purchase. It's not you purchase and then you work. Right? But we live in a culture, we live in a society, we live in a country today where people purchase and then they work. And that's not God's way. Because you do it that way, you have put yourself in bondage. You you have locked yourself into a cell. And that's not what God wants. Now the Spirit of Prophecy says some interesting things here. Um, In uh, Christian Stewardship, page 272, this is what Ellen White says, Shun the incurring of debt as you would shun leprosy. How many of you want to go out this afternoon and get leprosy? No. If someone came into this room today and they were full-blown, had leprosy, to the point, it was, what would you do? Would you go over there, oh, and hug them, give them a kiss on the cheek, what cheek is left? No, you wouldn't. We'd say, oh, hi, Right? You'd start backing away. Well, we have counsel from God. You're to shun debt as you would shun leprosy. Listen to what else she says. And this really has to deal with self-denial because that's the problem. When it comes to debt, debt is incurred because you have no self-denial. You want self-gratification. This is what she says, and this comes from Adventist Home 393. Be determined never to incur another debt. Deny yourself a thousand things rather than run into debt. Deny yourself a thousand things rather than run into debt. This has been the curse of your life, getting into debt. Avoid it as you would the smallpox. Okay, so she's referring to debt as a disease, isn't she? That we need to avoid, we need to stay away from. Um, now, maybe you're sitting here today and saying, yeah, well, okay, Pastor Joe, but you know, I've got, I've got debt. I've got lots of debt. Well, this is what she counsels there. She says, make a solemn covenant with God that by His blessing you will pay your debts and then owe owe no man anything if you live on porridge and bread. If you just have to live on porridge and bread, she says, you'll be blessed because you're not in bondage. So work to to get out of debt. And Melissa's going to unpack that throughout this week, giving you practical tools on how to work your way out of debt because I don't want to ra- don't raise your hand but I would imagine that probably many of us in this room 
are in debt. I would hope that it would be nice if every one of us could say, no, no debt at all. But we probably, some are, and I don't want you to be discouraged by that. There's a plan, there's a way you can get out of debt, okay? Now this is interesting to me, uh, what Ellen White says about debt, and this is an Adventist home on page 392. When one becomes involved in debt, he is in one of Satan's nets, which he sets for the soul. So, so this thing of, of, of being in debt isn't just a material thing. It's a spiritual thing. Now that's why Satan has worked so hard to get us to where you know, we got, all of our credit cards are maxed out, we've got a huge mortgage, and you know, all these things. Why? Because he knows that this is a, a net. And if he can get us in that net... He can get our souls. So what that's telling me is we can lose our eternal relationship with Christ if I'm in debt. Think about it for a moment. You're in debt up to your eyeballs. The place you're working says now, you know what, we've got some changes, you're going to have to work on Saturday. And you're like, oh man, you know, I can't. That's the Sabbath. And then the voice comes in, yeah, but you know, if you... If you don't work, you lose your job. You know what that means? You're going to lose your car. You're going to lose your truck. You're going to lose your snowmobiles. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. Because debt is there. You could end up saying, well, okay, I'll work this once. And then, well, I'll work again. And I'll work again. And what you're doing is you're compromising your relationship with Jesus because now debt is what is driving you, not his principles. She goes on to say, um, the fact that you are in debt weakens your faith and tends to lead to discouragement. So debt is not just a material thing that we can say, well, that's just over here. It's a spiritual thing. Finances, is a, they are a spiritual thing. And if we put ourselves purposely, willingly in debt, thank you, Shelley, in debt... We are jeopardizing our relationship with Christ. And I would encourage you not to do that. I would encourage you to just stay where God would want us to stay. You know, there's a text in Proverbs chapter 3, and I'm going to hand this over to you, Melissa, so stay close. And you're familiar with this passage, but listen to this. Proverbs 3, verses 5, 6, and 7, and 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. If we follow the principles that Scripture has laid out, that God has laid out for us as stewards, there's a blessing that comes with that. There's a freedom that comes with that. And one of the greatest freedoms that my wife and I have found in being debt-free is that you can be generous. Like you, I mean, there's a need you can give. It's not, boy, I wish I could. Oh, I wish I could help that missionary. Oh, I wish I could. Get. It's no longer I wish, it's I can. And the blessing that comes from just being able to, here, 100 bucks here, 200 bucks there, that's huge. And it just, it's liberating. So I would encourage you by God's grace, if you're in debt, 
do everything you can to move out of it. If you're not in debt, do everything you can to stay out of it. Okay? Melissa, I'm going to give this over to you. And Melissa, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, good morning. My name is Melissa Meisty. Yes, I am formerly a nephew. I am a wife and a boy mom. I have two boys. Cooper is six. Grady is four. And they are full of energy just like their dad. Mitch and I have been married for eight years. Um, I actually, by trade, am a physical therapist and have been a physical therapist for going on almost two decades now, which is kind of hard to believe. In 2006, I officially branched out on my own and started my own physical therapy clinic, which was just me, right? So I did everything. Answered the phones, did the reports, faxed, filed, and treated patients. But our practice has been very blessed over the last 11 years, and we continue to grow. I work very hard not to treat patients anymore, actually, um, as I am working on running the practice. And I am very blessed by that. But I do find that I, I am a stay-at-home mom and a business owner, so I spend days home with the kids, which I love. And on the days that I do work, they're blessed to spend days with their three grandmas. So we're super blessed by that. So they're being raised by a village, for sure. And I am super passionate about personal finance and stewardship. I started on this journey probably about 13 or 14 years ago as I was first introduced to Dave Ramsey and taking Financial Peace University at our local church. Now, my memory, if I go back even before that, I remember when my dad started to listen to talk radio, and I remember my grandparents always listened to talk radio. It was always that AM, that kind of static, buzzy. I hated it, right? I never wanted to ride in the car with grandma because there was always talk radio on. Or my dad started to listen to it probably when I was about 9 or 10. And I remember him talking about Dave Ramsey a little bit back then and the idea of um, paying things off in the order of smallest to largest. So the next slide, I'm a little, um, take this, we'll talk about this in context, um, but I wanted to give you kind of my personal finance resume, so to speak, because I, I, am, I am a lay person in this. I am, not, I am not a financial advisor. I am not an accountant. I don't have a degree in this. I don't, even, I don't have a business degree. Um, everything I have learned is by listening and reading. Um, I've operated our practice, Nephew Physical Therapy, thus the connection to Uncle Joel, uh, for 11 years without ever borrowing money to operate it. Now, in full disclosure, in 2013, we did buy a physical space. So, yes, I do carry a mortgage on the actual facility, uh, but we've never borrowed money to operate, um, which has been a huge blessing when you're going through things. Um, I have not used a credit card in a very, very, very long time. Um, ironically, the other night I was at Kohl's to, to buy some, some camp meeting presenter apparel, and they offered me 30% off by getting a Kohl's credit card. And at this point, I love savings, and we'll talk about that on Wednesday, by the way. We're talking about getting a good deal, which is very hard for me to not get a good deal, but I can tell you that it's a principle for me. There are things I'm sure in your life that on principle, you just don't budge on. And this, for me, is just a way that I live. Um, yes, I have a debit card, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, however, I have not done that. I have a zero credit score, and again, admittedly, that's about to change. Um, we are in the process of purchasing a home, which I'm super excited about. I've lived in a small condo for 15 years. <laughs> and in that time, got married and had two boys. And so it is a lot smaller than it was 15 years ago. 
Uh, and we truly believe, though, that the space that we're moving into is um, what's most important to our family. And I'll get to that a little bit because that really um, comes back around to my, our why in our family and why personal finance and stewardship really matters for us. And so that will change. However, that credit score um, does make things a little bit more difficult. And I, we can talk about that more if you'd like in regards to trying to get a mortgage when you haven't had one for five years. And lastly, uh, operating this business where we are really blessed to help other people, um, doing that without having the burden of debt hanging over our head, I can tell you, gives you a lot more opportunities and helps you weather a lot of storms that happens uh, when you're running a practice. I missed a slide. Nope. Okay. So let's talk about why debt is dumb. So I did a little research. Now, this probably depends on where you look. You're going to probably get a wide variety of numbers, but this is what I could easily pull off the Internet. So they're saying nerdwallet.com, uh, and these stats are from 2016, so very recent. The average household has $134,643 in debt, not including mortgages. I Does that sound right? I think that sounds right. Now think about that, though, and we're going to get to this here in just a second, right? We're going to talk about what is debt, right? The average household has a credit card balance totaling $16,000 on going out to dinner and buying clothes and doing entertainment and taking vacations. $16,000, and this is the average, right? This is the average. Average new car loans are over almost $30,000. Some families have more than one car loan. Average monthly payments of nearly $500 a month. So think about what your mortgage payment is. If you have a mortgage, and think about what your mortgage payment is. This is where you live. This is something that goes up in value traditionally. When you buy a car and you drive it off the lot, you have just... I love how Dave Ramsey says this. He says, you might as well take $100 bills and just throw them out the window <laughs> to get the same effect because driving off the lot. Now, again, I'm not opposed to a brand new car, especially if you're in this position to be able to afford it. But when you start to see those numbers, that is a heavy burden of debt. I'm reading a book, and I wanted to bring it with today, but I forgot that. Um, I am reading through a book called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Um, he has a TED Talk that's out there. I've not watched it, but he really is talking to businesses and individuals about the why. And this week, as we talk through debt and budgeting and saving and planning and giving, it should all go back to our why. Now, the why for each of us is going to be a little bit different, partially because we're at different stages in our life partially because we have different upbringing, we have different values, we have a different purpose in life. But I can be very clear as I've gone through different things, this is my why right here. We have, we have gone through so many different things. I, I have gone through personally and in our marriage, we've gone through a lot of tough things. We're going to talk about some of those this week. Uh, I'll probably be a little bit vulnerable in sharing some of the stuff that we've been through. But if we haven't made those mistakes in our finances, if we haven't learned from them, 
I don't think we can grow from it. We can't make a difference in other people's lives, let alone learn to not make that same mistake again. So as we've been going through this process of buying a house, which has been more stressful, not because the buying the house part has been stressful, because we've had to, we're applying for a mortgage because we're upgrading at home. I've <laughs> been very frustrated by the whole thing, but I am reminded by the why. Our personal why very much is I want my boys to be raised in the country and have lots of space to go outside and play. We've, like I said, we've lived in a condo. We have great neighbors and we live in a cul-de-sac and they can ride their bikes and, and, and all of our neighbors are mostly retired because um, I've lived there for 15 years, like I said, and they've been great. But we're gonna move to a space that they can go outside and play. They'll, they're, we're gonna live on a dirt road where they can ride their bikes to the end and we're gonna know our neighbors because that's what's important to us. And because Christian education is so important to us, we already know the path we want them to go on. And we know that being good stewards with our money and making those good decisions, that's our why. That's what's so important to us. In physical therapy, which is my background, my why there is because I think that living in pain is a myth. I think that God didn't intend us to hurt all the time, whether that's neck pain or back pain or knee pain. I think that we think that we must be in pain because we're getting old. People think, I have to live with it. But I think that same principle can apply to our finances. Why must we always have to struggle? Why must we always live paycheck to paycheck? Why does paying our bills have to be so stressful? I don't think it needs to be. I don't think that that's what God intended it for us to be. I think he intended it for be a blessing. We were blessed a couple weeks ago in our church. Uh, pastor Sean Reed is our pastor. Um, Pastor Jean just left us <laughs> to go work with my uncle. Look at that. Um, and he was talking about God's original plan in the Garden of Eden. It wasn't that, it was to be blessed, to enjoy the things that God gave us. Plan B was to have to work. Plan B was that we would have to struggle a little bit more. Although God says now that I can bless you through that. I can bless you in your work. He didn't say just sit back, you know, and I'll, and I'll bless you and bring you everything you need to your door. He says there's blessings in the things that we do and what we work for. Um, but like I said, what we're going to talk about this week very much goes back to your why. So start thinking about that. What motivates you? What is your why when it comes to personal financial stewardship? All right. So let's talk about debt. I'm going to turn this back on here a second. All right. I don't think any of these are. Okay. So give me some examples. Let's talk through this on things that people borrow money for. When you raise your hand, I won't necessarily assume that that's something that you may have debt on. How's that? Right? We'll make that, we'll make that fair statement. All right. Start throwing them out. What do we borrow money on? Real estate. And I like how you said investment real estate, which is different than your home, correct? Yes. Exactly. All right. So not your primary residence. Anyone else? Buying a car. A car. Perfect. What else do we borrow money on? Education. What was that? School. School. Education. Oh, there is a huge epidemic in our country. Toys. Toys. Can you be more specific on what those toys might be? 
<laughs> they, <laughs> I like that. Most of those toys are expensive. So could you possibly be talking about, say, a boat, an RV, a four-wheeler? Yes, right? People, an airplane, I like that, right? All things that, again, are lots of fun, right? I, I think these are lots of fun things, and I have lots of people who have lots of really nice things, and I enjoy using them. We haven't had the space, like I said, to store any of that stuff. Anything? Christmas gifts. Ooh, very good. Christmas gifts. We do borrow money for Christmas gifts, don't we, Abe? Oh. All right, what else? Vacations. Starting a business. That's a very good one. Oh, home improvements. Oh, look at all the, the list is growing. Cell phones. Do we say animals? Grandkids. All right, I'm gonna put that. I will put credit cards, right? Because that's where that stuff often goes. I don't think we're borrowing our children or our grandchildren. Um, appliances, right? Rent-to-centers, those kind of things. Or borrowing, and, and I hope, you know, this is, um, or borrowing money just on money. So these payday advance places, which is like, you know, run from those like the plague, like leprosy, for sure. Um, expensive car repair. Pardon me? Expensive car repair. Car repairs, very good. It's not just the car. It's car repairs. Health care, thank you. That's my world. Please pay your medical bills. <laughs> don't remember to pay them? No, I don't remember what, what, I, all, what my credit card is full of. I don't even, don't even know what it's And that's what we're, we're going to talk about that. Absolutely, Pastor. We're going to talk about that credit card bill that comes in, and all we look about is that number, and we don't always process what that is. Yes? <laughs> yes, right? Um, let's see, how would we put that? Yes, that's true, right? Uh, personal loans, where we're borrowing from a family member, um, or we take from one area um, and give to another, right? Yes, because that would fall under credit cards, right? People are borrowing money to eat, right? Exactly, we're... Exactly. Out to eat, that falls under those credit cards, that's good. The list becomes very long, right? And we're going to come back to this because um, when we get to the end today, we're going to work on identifying where you're at personally. And that's where this is very personal. But look at these things. When we go back, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, I don't think people borrowed on this many things, right? I mean, my, my mom was just saying the other day, I think that they bought their first house, it was like $35,000 maybe in the 80s. Does that sound about right? Forgive me if I'm totally off on this. You know, and when you looked at what somebody made a week in relationship to that, it's not the differential that we see now because an entry-level home is well over $100,000 and minimum wage is eight, nine bucks an hour. We, we're just not, we, you know, the wage gap, but we are borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. And what we've seen, though, is that people want more and more and more, or we want 
I want what my parents have taken 40 years to get. My parents have worked very, very hard and have been a very, very good example to me. And, and they may come up a few times this week, so hopefully my mom doesn't listen to this later. Um, but I've created a very, very good example of you work, and, and as you work for things, that's when you can have things. When, you, when we talk about the toys, right? If you want extra, you work extra. That's what I was always taught, right? If you want to do some fun things, you do a little extra. You do stuff on the side, those kind of things. So look at all those different things that we borrow, money, we borrow on. Food and going out to dinner because we don't think about it when we process that stuff through. So, so I'm going to specifically talk through three of those things, okay? And not necessarily in that order. But I think we've become normalized in debt, right? Debt is normal. If we want something, we just go get it, like, like Joel already said. We just, I want it now, let me get it, and I'll worry about how I'm going to pay for that later, okay? So let's talk about these, particularly these three things. Our goal today is not to step on anyone's toes, by the way, right? Your finances are your business and God's, right? That's between the two of you. I can give only share from my perspective and my example and what we've been through and where we've failed and where we have learned and where we have grown, but I can we'll, we'll talk through these things and hopefully you'll get a better perspective and, and hopefully this week as we go through just such a tiny portion of what stewardship is, what personal finance is, is that you'll be touched on your heart that maybe there's some change that you can make to have more freedom. All right, so let's talk about, let's start with car loans, because I think that's, that's a fairly safe one. We'll start in that area. So we already talked that car, the average car loan is $500 a month. And what we have seen is that, I don't know if you know anyone or, you know, um, uh, what happens is people who can't afford to buy a car, which is what gets them in trouble, the interest rates on that. 15, 20, 30 percent, they're paying on a car that they can't afford. And what's tough is we justify things, right? I really need this car because I drive 45 minutes to work or more, because we're going on this trip and I, we need a reliable car, because I want to get it in the carpool with my brother and so I'm going to need at least a seven-seater. <laughs> those kind of things, we come up with those reasons, but we but do we really need new? Do we need payments? And I think once you get away from that, we have two used vehicles. Um, we have one solid good vehicle, and we have a beater. I, uh, a couple of years ago, my husband's vehicle, which was very old, but worked and got him back and forth to work, the transmission died. The tra replacing the transmission was more than the car was worth. And so we had some money in savings, and we're looking at each other. Boy, you know, we could, we could afford maybe a nine dollars or $10,000 car. Like, okay, we have that money, but that would deplete, you know, that would take down our emergency fund. And, boy, do we really need it? Do we need another nice car, or do we need something just to get him back and forth the four miles that it needs to get to work? <laughs> right? Because it's close. So we went out and found a very reliable car with 100,000 miles on it for less than $2,000. And that car, yes, we've had to put new tires in it, and the muffler fell off once. <laughs> but it just needs to get us back and forth to work. And it has been amazing, and we have no payments on that. And that's very freeing because we, I'm not worried if something happens to that car. If, yes, there's only PLPD on it, but if that car 
if an accident happens, if it gets backed into, which it already, right, it already has um, some, some dents in the back end, it's, right, it's a beater. Uh, but it works great, and it, and it meets what we need. And so the discussion becomes need-want, right? When we're talking about debt, what gets us into trouble? We talked about this when it comes to self-denial. Saying no, the word no is so hard, which is what gets us in trouble with grandkids, right? We mentioned that, right? No is what's good for us. We can say no, that's okay. Mortgages. I'm smack dab in the middle of getting a mortgage, which, like I already said, is driving me crazy. I have had to produce more pieces of paperwork than I have ever had to do in my whole life. And I really kind of feel like we're being punished for doing things correctly <laughs> um, because we've been debt free, because I don't have a credit score, be all these different things. But what has happened is because borrowing is so normal when you don't do it, they almost don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to do those kind of things. And we're very much looking to borrow um, less than half of the value of the home, a 15-year fixed mortgage, all those kind of things, right? Like we're not looking to do a 50-year mortgage, which they exist, by the way, right? Like, right, let's be, you know, imagine being, well, I'm 41, right? So getting a 50-year mortgage, I don't know that I'm going to be alive in 50 years, let alone I hope that I'm not here in 50 years. I hope that God has come. But I don't want that hanging over our head. Um, and so those mortgages, again, what's happened is we keep buying more and more and more because we're keeping up with people that... <laughs> We're letting, the, we're letting the sin of coveting get to us. It's very hard, and we live in that culture. And I don't know if that, you know, in, in my world, as a mom, raising kids, with the onset of Pinterest, with social media, with all of these things that are happening, it's, it's got to look really nice with HGTV, it's gotta be pretty, it has to be fancy, it has to be expensive, it has to be all of these things. And we're, we're the Joneses now are this totally, this family, I, I couldn't even imagine how the, if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, how you could even afford that. And that's the hard part because we're working so hard and I, and I see somebody who has a brand new car and they have a really nice house and they have really nice clothes and I think, Man, how much money are they making? Because I get caught up in that. Except for, are they carrying around that burden of debt? Is it weighing on them that they, if they had a job loss or someone gets sick or, God forbid, you know, one of the members of their family died or something like that, could they survive that? Last thing we're going to talk about is credit cards, Ooh, right? Nobody wants to talk about their credit cards. Nobody wants to reach into their wallet. I had a credit, the last credit card I had, I was attached to. I had gotten it in college, and I had had it, I don't know how many years. Um, and we become attached. To those. It becomes easy, right? It's convenient. You always have it with you. So let's do something kind of for fun. Let's kind of talk through this, all right? So I have, I have a debit card, okay? But it's plastic, right? This is still very plastic. I have a checkbook, okay? This takes a little bit more work. And I have cash, okay? What would you rather have? Right? Anybody want, right? A nice, crisp, we said, Joel and I said, we're, we're going to start handing out 100, we may hand out $100 bills, and maybe we'll pack, we packed out the room. So look at that. <laughs> so, so I, this just happened this week. 
And tomorrow we're going to talk about budgeting, which I think is, is really all about discipline and telling yourself no. And I will, this literally happened Thursday night for me. I knew I was coming to camp meeting and I didn't have speaker apparel. I kind of mentioned that already. I was like, oh, I need to run to the store. So I run to Kohl's and I was like, oh, that kind of works, that works. And I threw a bunch of stuff in the cart and checked out. And I swiped my debit card. Now, I have plenty of money in our checking account to cover that, okay? So I am not borrowing money to purchase those clothes, okay? Um, however, I didn't think about that number. I'm not sure how much money I spent when Thursday night. I roughly know, which is more than I would have spent otherwise. And because vacation, Melissa spends more than like budgeting, planning, Melissa, because she gets too busy doing things. But I swiped that. Now, if I had paused and stopped to have to write a check, which nobody writes checks hardly anymore. Do you still use checks? Right. Yes. But lots of people, because in our physical therapy practice, we see... I would say 90% of what we have is HS, well, HSA cards or credit cards. We, once in a while somebody pays with cash, we don't keep cash to make change because nobody does that. And very rarely, unless it's to send in their bill, do we get cash, or I'm sorry, checks. So a check requires you to pause. Now, if I was standing at the counter and I had, let's say my cash envelope for clothing, which is what I'm, when I'm disciplined and on the right path. And admittedly, I ebb and flow with this. If I had pulled out my clothing envelope and I looked in there, and there was only a $100 bill in there. And my bill was probably 140 which I'm hoping to return some stuff, right? But I know how that works. Um, I would have not bought every single thing in my cart, right? I would have said, I have $100. That is all that I can spend. And, you, and I would go, no, what do I really want? What do I really need? Okay, because this is all about convenience. This is all about, yeah, that looks good, not thinking about it. There's a new thing called MasterPass, which I've seen some ads for, where I think you take your phone and you connect your card to it and you just do this. And it's so great. Look how easy that is. I have a cart full of groceries. I went to Target. Anybody stop it? You know, Target will get you in trouble every single time, especially for women. And then your husband's later when you go home and show them all the stuff that you didn't need comes home. You just, you just swing, your, your, swing your phone right by it, and you're out the door. Sam's Club. Oh, yes, this is the new thing at Sam's Club. You can just scan everything as you go. Right? Because this is convenient. You don't have to go through the checkout line. You just scan it as you put it in your cart. And then you just go out the door. Because this is, because it's great, right? That's, that's, what, that's what they're telling you. When I walked into Sam's Club the other week, they said, have you tried the scan and go option? It's so great. And I'm like, because they don't want me to think. They don't want you to think about what you're buying. They don't want you to process what that is. Do I need this? Do I want this? Is this a gonna? I'm gonna sell this at a garage sale in a year because I've collected too much stuff because I can't keep up on my house. Why am I moving up to a bigger house? Partially because I have a lot more stuff in my house than I had 15 years ago. I also added three more people, but right? So it's just the accumulation of stuff, but it's all about how do we make it the least painful? There is great research out there, and I don't have the sources. I have heard them from reliable sources, is that when we use credit cards, we spend at least 12 to 18% more. 
at least, okay? So swipe it, ah, you know, I'll throw in one more thing in my cart because I'm not thinking about it. McDonald's, when they went from cash only to debit cards, their average transaction went up 50%, right? So instead of spending $5 at McDonald's when you went through the drive-thru, and I'm not judging anybody who goes to McDonald's, but the point is then it went to 10 and they're like, We'll pay all those credit card fees and those swiping fees because that makes a huge difference. Did you want to add something? So debit cards are a little bit different, but I think, as I demonstrated right on Thursday night, I still didn't think about it as much. Now, I'm paying for it as I go, so I am making sure that I have enough money in my account, right? So a debit card, yes, does function differently. And by the way, um, I do select the credit option because I want them to have a signature. I don't enter my PIN anywhere, and I think that's just a safety feature. Um, so I always hit the credit option, but that money is withdrawn right out of my account, okay? However, when I go to look at my bank statement later, and there's all this money going out, and I didn't think about it. And tomorrow we're going to talk about, I, I do good old-fashioned envelopes, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. I love cash. I prefer to do cash because it disciplines me. And because it also gives me permission to spend, and because I'm a saver. Yes. I would uh, say that you can, and I've done this so many years, be very thrifty at Christmas time <laughs> if you know where to shop. Goodwill, the Salvation Army. Yep. So Abe's mentioning here the importance of being thrifty, right? And we're going to talk about that on Wednesday because I love a good deal, Abe. I love a good deal. I think there are so many great things that you can do. And how to do that on a budget, right? How to, how to set boundaries in our spending. So, so whether or not you have a credit card is really none of my business. It's not. That's, that is your way to spend money. What I can say is there... Um, is it it's 70 or 80% of the population does not pay off their credit card balance every month? And, and if, you, if you go back to the why, credit card businesses are not here to help you. <laughs> right? When we really think about it, they're in the business of taking your money and making money on that, right? They, they charge us interest. They charge us late fees. They charge us penalties, all those kind of things. So, no, they're not trying to help you. They want you to just buy more stuff. And it's amazing how many people either go to bankruptcy or collections or all that kind of stuff, and they're still in business. They still manage to make enough money. So again, credit cards, it's up to you. I can, like I said, I on principle now, and oh, I would have loved 30% off, right? Because I could have made my $100 bill go farther on Thursday night. However, for me, it's become a decision of discipline because I know there's that slippery slope. And like you had mentioned earlier, when we get that credit card bill, starting to see what we spent on happened 45 days ago. It's not an immediate, you don't have the immediate connection to what you purchased and how much it cost. And really counting the cost, which I think we're talking about even more this week, right? Counting the cost, what does that cost us? So think about those things as you're making purchases and as you are spending money. So the question really is, what if we had no debt? Well, right? It would be freedom. You would feel freed. Think about 
what you could do. So go back, when we go back to the beginning, when we, when we talk about why, okay? Think about what is important to you in your life. What would be your why? And what could you do if you had no debt? None. Yes, in the back. I just, I, God has given and taken away and, and given again. And I used to think that you were better off to have, I hate to use the word amass, but amass uh, a fair bit of assets and things too. And with all that's happened, I now realize that if you are totally debt free, you can go into retirement with a lot more security and live on a lot less than if you're depending on something that may or may not perform and may or may not be there. That's right. Yes. You can also help people that are hungry who don't have food. You can help That's people right. that are cold. That's you right. You can help people with their car repairs. You can help the church quietly and nobody knows what you're doing. You can help abundance and it gives you an inner peace that nothing else I agree. I agree. I have chills when you, when you bring that up. So if you didn't hear that over this side of the room, she's talking about you could help those who are hungry and cold. You can help on a church project. You could help all those kind of things. Going into retirement debt-free, I think, is, is not normal anymore. And it should be, right? You, if you have a paid-for home and a little bit of money in the bank or some money in retirement, what expenses, right? Like, you're, you're not worried if Social Security falls through. We're not worried if those kind of things happen. We're not carrying that burden around with us. And my generation is amassing just more and more debt and kicking it down the road. One of the things, I'm a little sidetrack here, um, when we purchased that building space I had mentioned for my office, if you understand kind of the amortization and how mortgages and stuff like that work, right? So in business, it's very common to get a 10-year loan on a 20-year amortization. So let that sink into you for just a minute. So I'm getting a 10-year loan, except it's amortized over 20 years. So how, how do I pay that? No, what happens is people refinance and they keep kicking that debt down the road. And when I said to the, to the business banker, so how do I get a 10-year loan on a 10-year amortization? Because that just makes sense. And he's like, oh, well, then you get a better interest rate. And because nobody does it. And we've already paid off in four years more than half of what the building is worth. Like, we're paying extra Like, because I hate debt. I really do. Yes, exactly. Whenever we can squeeze out, we said we couldn't buy, we, we had to split it up into you know, three different ones. We said we could not look for a house until we paid off one part, right? And then we said, okay, then we can upgrade. We delayed gratification. We told ourselves no, because we can't do everything, right? So that's the thing. If you had no debt, what could you do? Okay, so how do we get out of debt? All right, so I have a little handout here. I hope I have enough. I I love that the room is packed out. I may not, I can bring this tomorrow. I'll make more copies when we're, if we're short tomorrow or today, I should say, I can bring more tomorrow. Hopefully, if you don't need this form, you can hand it to someone else, right? I'm hoping you don't need it. Oh, that was, that's a separate, that's for tomorrow. <laughs> All right, so like Uncle Joel said, we want to do practical stewardship this week. You need to have some homework. Right? We're going to walk away with some homework this week where I want you to start intentionally thinking about your finances. 
and how that then connects to, which is what we get to on Friday when we talk about generosity and giving and that opportunity when God puts something on your heart that you can just open your pocketbook and just give. I will bring more tomorrow if you need that. This, I'm going to keep walking into this today. Everyone got one? Anyone else? Anyone else need one? So, so since no idea is really original, hardly anymore, and I won't take credit from this, um, and it is set up a little bit differently, um, and no, I'm not selling anybody's books, I'm not promoting anybody's books, um, I just brought a few things, I've read some of these, I've not read all of them, um, but yes, so Dave Ramsey really advocates for a snowball, um, he has uh, forms in the back of this book, which can be super helpful, but I made it even more simple than that. Because when we write it down, we make ourselves look at it. And anything in life, we can think about it, we can process through it, but unless we force ourselves to look it square in the face and say, this is my, this is, this is my debt, this is the burden that we're carrying at home. And to make sure, especially for those of you that are married, that both of you know this, so important. Because a lot of times in marriage, one is carrying that burden more than the other because our personality types are different. I am way more into this than my husband. <laughs> this, right? And, and we, talk, you know, we talk about money, but I mean this, oh, I just get so excited. I want to talk about it. Let's do this. And he's like, yep, I'm right on board. But I know the numbers and I can whip them off the top of my head. I look at those kind of things. It's, we need to talk about those things together. So part of your homework then Tonight, this week, and again, I don't want to see it. This is, not, this is none of our business, but go through and write that down. And we talked about this to give you some ideas about what that might be. You may have something that didn't make the board, but this is a pretty exhaustive list of the things that we may or may not have borrowed money on. So start to write those things out. So I split the sheet up into two different areas. One, just list them all out so you think about it at the top, and then prioritize it. Because personal finance is really all about behavior. It's not about the numbers. Because if it was about the numbers, you wouldn't have gotten into debt in the first place. <laughs> okay? If you really thought about that 37% interest you're paying on that you know, $10,000 car, you wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> if you had thought about what you would, you know, the interest you would pay on that credit card, and if you didn't pay that balance, you wouldn't have used it to buy $5 at McDonald's, right? So list those things out, and then at the bottom, you can reprioritize that in the list of, of smallest to largest, okay? And the idea is you start knocking those things out, okay? You start seeing those, you, and you, you might have some tiny ones. You may have a medical bill to a physical therapy practice. Pay that first. <laughs> Pay that first. <laughs> They'll probably set you up on a payment plan. However, that's still debt, right? Remember, payment plans are still debt. Okay, so you knock that first one out. Oh, that felt pretty good. Cross it off the list. Okay, take everything extra, put it on the next one. Cross it off the list. Then you take what you were putting on those first two, put it onto the third one, cross it off the list. All the while you're having garage sales, getting rid of all that extra junk you bought at Target, and you may have picked up a side job, um, and whatever else you needed to do, right? You, you, you cut your cable, you decided to change your cell phone plan, anything like that, to get that off your back, get it out of your life. Because getting out of debt, we can't do the stuff that we're going to talk about later this week unless you're out of debt. Yes, sir? After I get the physical therapist paid off, 
Yes, after the physical therapist. Okay, exactly. I the lowest amount, the lowest amount, because it's about gaining momentum and getting rid of that. So it's way easy. Yes, you may have you know a two thousand dollar debt at ten percent interest, for example, and two hundred dollars at two percent interest. Except for when you knock that two hundred off, you get rid of one. So rather than having you know five chains hanging around your neck, you only have four. It doesn't really matter how much they weigh necessarily. It's that you're eliminating them. That you don't right. And and when you knock it down to that last one, which in some situations that's the student loan, that's you know um, that's a big car payment. That's that's the investment real estate. It's you know that's those bigger things. But by the t but then you've taken all your because you're paying minimum payments on everything, so you don't get behind and to stay current. But as you get rid of those, then you're snowballing that and rolling that all into the next one. And, and that really is, which I struggled with that in the early days too, because I think I had a truck payment, right, 15 years ago, and my student loan payment. And I was like, well, one was less than the other. It was like, no, knock one off, knock the other one off, you know, and slowly work through that. So, yes, absolutely. All right. So how do you get out of debt? <laughs> Quickly, intentionally, and with a plan, okay? Super important. I love this quote. There are no shortcuts when it comes to getting out of debt. Okay? You can't borrow your way out of debt. Okay? Loan consolidations do not work because it's all about behavior. This whole discussion this week is really all about you, your marriage if you're if you're married, and your relationship with God. That's what it comes down to. Yes, sir. Because what you're doing is you're taking, so you say you have five different um, debts, right? I don't, or 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, right? You got $15,000 in debt. You throw it all into one thing so you can get, why would you do that? One low monthly payment, okay? That you then now spread out over how many years, okay? It's not about where the money is owed, it's about the behavior in the mentality associated with debt. So if you're like, oh, how do I lower my monthly payment, which is our culture, it's not how much does it cost, it's how much does it cost me a month. Let that sink in, think about that again. It's not how much it costs, it's how much is it gonna cost me a month. So it's not that this car costs $40,000, it's that I can get it for $400 a month. Oh, that I can afford. But if I think 40,000, I can't afford that because I only make sixty thousand dollars a year. Yes. I was just going to confess that we had a we brought our house to page twenty-five. Now only three times that much because we kept on doing the debt thing. So, so did you hear that in the back? So what she just said was they started out. Is it okay that I share this? And I appreciate your testimony on this. Yeah. So she owed around twenty-five thousand dollars when you bought it, and now you owe three times that amount. 60000 on a mortgage because, because you borrowed against your equity when you needed things, right? Rather than paying for it as she went, and I'm not picking on you here, and I appreciate your honesty because we all can learn from that, right? So would because we wanted to have a paid-for home. That's what we all want, right? Yes, in the back. On Thursday, I was talking to a client. And she wants a newer vehicle. There's nothing wrong with her, mm -hmm. but she is seduced by a newer vehicle that she really wants. 
and she can save forty dollars a month. She has eighteen months left to make on her payment. Yes. This one's for seven years. So how many years to earn a car payment? Eighty-four months. Eighty-four months. Seven years. Yes, exactly. Because it's fancier. Yes. So we're talking about car payments, fancier, newer. It's I don't understand why we now are renting our phones, but I'll get on a tangent here. Right? Because I don't need the latest iPhone. My phone is dying because I've had it for three years and it works just fine except for the battery life is they're going to make me buy a new one, those stinkers. All right. Okay. Yes. See, there's certain circumstances where it could work. You could lower your interest rate and you can collapse payments. But if you're saying if you don't change your behavior, you're just going to go right back. You will go right backwards into it. Yes. Yes. It's like that quote I shared earlier. It's a snare, it's a trap, right? And and that's the thing, you know. Satan is so good. Cause you have to remember, this is all about the great controversy. Okay, that's all about the great controversy. This isn't just a separate from it. It's right in the mix. And Satan knows if he can get us ensnared in this and think that we're doing better. Oh, I've brought all those five down to one. I'm I'm improving. But if the, if you haven't changed your your action. You're going to be right back in the same thing. And that's why it's dangerous, very dangerous. And that's why, um, and I'll go back here a second again, is the key really to getting out of debt is to do it fast. It is fast. It is intentional. It is, I hate this so much that I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get rid of it. Um, I was once said, oh, that Dave Ramsey guy, you know, he tells people to get out of debt and get second jobs forever, <laughs> right? So that you're not spending time with your family. Right? Spending time with our family is important, but when you're carrying this debt, it makes you going to work, it makes your spouse going to work a burden. Like, and you're not, you're not a good team member, you're not a good employee, you're not a good, you're not a good member of the church, you're, right? because you have this whole weight on you. So the idea is, it is about behavior changes, and that's where we're going to, tomorrow we'll talk about that a lot, and, and Wednesday one of my favorite things is saving, is how do we start then changing our habits, because... Getting, yeah, it's got to be fast. We, we, we don't want this around forever. Most people who really get intentional at getting out of debt do it in 18 to 24 months. And it has nothing to do with income. And it's nothing to do if you make $800,000 or $80,000 or $40,000. I've heard stories of people who, like, he is a pizza delivery man, right? And his wife and kids stayed home and they added some debt and he just worked his tail off and they, their reward was he might get an extra pizza at the end of the night and at midnight when he got home, they'd have pizza together and they were so excited, but they didn't do it very long. It was like a year or two and sh sure, I think they had only like 10, only, right? Forgive me for saying that, 10 or $12,000 worth of debt and he made 30 or $40,000 a year, but they did it in like a year. When you start thinking about that, they worked hard and they got rid of it. And I was so inspired when I heard that story because it doesn't have anything to do with how much money you make. It's your willingness and your just distaste for having that debt. So let me tell you a story here. Um, and I am telling the story with permission of my husband. So this is my husband, Mitch. Um, we met because we both really like softball. <laughs> that is how we met. And our story is uh it is not a fairy tale <laughs> it is not this dramatic love story like he is good for me he i couldn't i would not be here right now if it wasn't for him because he is managing the kids and he is a great dad and so supportive of me i could not do what i do as a physical therapist and as a business owner if it wasn't for him i know that with my whole heart 
Pastor Gene, I might cry here now that I just thought about the fact that you're in the room. Whew. Sorry, this is going to take me a minute. If you weren't here, I would be much better. <laughs> right? <sighs> Which is why your pastors are just a part of your story. Um, Pastor Craig Harris married us and dedicated our oldest son. Pastor Gene walked through this with us and dedicated my um, next son. And, and my Uncle Joel's been with me my whole life. So on February 8, 2013, my husband got fired. I had a six-month-old and a two-year-old. And it was a Friday afternoon. And I had no idea that my really good, good man, great husband, great father, had made some poor choices in his, his employment that got him fired. And he deserved to be fired. And his employer was amazing. And to this day, we have the greatest amount of respect for those people. That company, we still do business with them. They are wonderful, wonderful people. But the devil works hard to get at each one of us in a different way, right? He, he finds a way to get in, and he keeps wiggling and wiggling and wiggling. And people make bad choices. But that's not the point of this story. Because we have been through a long journey, and we had great support through that. But the, the point of this story in this context is we had paid off our mortgage five months before that. We had zero debt. I hadn't, we hadn't used a credit card, I think, at all in our marriage. And at that point, we'd been married four years. We had some savings in the bank. And I know we had been investing up till that point. We had to put that on hold, right? Because life just kind of changed right at that point. And so for the next, let's see, four months, we worked through stuff. We had the opportunity to work on our marriage. We had an opportunity to talk through the challenges that we had been through. We had an opportunity to take a little bit of time for him to actually find what the next step was for him. He didn't have to take the next job. He could take the job that was better for him. He's been working there for, was it five years this month? Trying to, what year is it, right? Four years this, four years this month. Um, he loves the place that he works. He's, he's doing well there. He loves it. And we're in a much better place. But what if we had had two car loans? And I still had student loans. And we had a mortgage. And we had all those kind of things. Yes, I worked a little bit more after that point in our marriage. And I had that opportunity. But I don't know what would have happened, right? What would, would we have... What, what would have happened? I don't know. But I am thankful. And I'm not... I'm thankful that we were debt-free, and I'm not up here saying that I am any better than any one of you. That is not it at all. I am just saying that we had been through some stuff together, we'd been working on our finances, and when that happened, it didn't change our world. It didn't destroy our world, because we could do the things that mattered most and take care of those kind of things. Um, and that's really... Um, that's really what the message is about this week. The message is to focus on what's important, right? If I say that my priorities are God, family, 
God, husband, kids, business, then I want to live my life in that priority, right? I want to remember what, not just what, but why we do those kind of things. So every day, does everybody have one of these? Oh, but this is your home, this is your, this is your action item for today. Everybody needs one of these. You need another one? You need one? Back. Did you get one? Does everyone got one? Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Oh, I hope I need them. I'll make more too. So this week, bring this with you every day this week. What we're going to do is we're just going to take a couple of minutes here, and then we'll have about five minutes for Q&A. We've asked some questions during, so thank you for asking those as we went along here. But why don't you just take a couple minutes here. So now what? Everyone's going to hear something different today, right? You're going to be, based on your circumstances, based on your experience, you're going to have some takeaway. So gave you a few lines there. Jot a couple of notes. So, so now what? How are you going to live your why? Or write down what your why is if you want to think about that. So I'm going to give everybody just a couple minutes here to make a couple of notes. And then um, we'll go through um, some Q&A. So the things that Melissa shared with us today um, are very biblical, of course. And I just uh, wanted to share just two more things. Going back to Scripture and going back to the spirit of prophecy, just to reiterate, it's interesting to me what what, uh, David says in Psalm 37. He says, The wicked borrows and does not repay. And when you think about it, that's really what debt is. Okay, you're borrowing and you're not repaying. Oh, I'm making my payment every month. What do you mean, Pastor Joel? Well, Pastor Gene and I deal with estate planning. You'd be surprised how many people have great, great desires. They put in their will. They want to leave a bunch of stuff to the Lord. You know, be good stewards. But because they did not live their life as a good steward, when they die, there's nothing left. Creditors take it all. That's not God's plan. God's plan is for us to systematically live a life in harmony with his principles as stewards, remembering that he owns it all, right? He owns it all. You don't own anything. You don't own the shirt on your back. That belongs to Jesus. Everything does. And if you live in that respect that, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to buy this car? Do you want me to do this? It changes your life when you start thinking that way that this all belongs to him. I'm just a steward. I've got to give an accounting. Because don't think that, well, you know, I'm going to die and it's whatever. No, there's a judgment day coming and you'll be held accountable for how you use God's stuff even after you die. Okay? Now this is what Ellen White says on uh, an Adventist home. Coming back to that whole denying yourself. She says, deny your taste. Deny the indulgence of appetite. Save your pence and pay your debts. Work them off as fast as possible. When you can stand forth as a free man again, owing no man anything, you will have achieved a great victory. Now remember what we read earlier, Satan, debt is a, is a snare of Satan, a trap of Satan to take your soul. Christ says, if you come to me, heavy laden, you yoke up with me, he says his burden is what? Light. Light. So I would encourage you that maybe you're sitting here today thinking, oh man, I'm hearing what Melissa's saying, but. There's no buts. 
Just yoke up with Christ. He will help you get out of this snare. He'll cut the net that you have put yourself in and He'll put you back on solid ground and give you victory. Because it really comes down to Him. Letting Him be the Lord of your life. Not just a part of your life, but the Lord of your life. Do you want to make Him your Lord today? Okay, let's pray together as we close. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to You that as You've shown us some principles out of Your Word today, that You don't leave us unto ourselves to try to figure this out and to work it out. But You have given the Holy Spirit, You have given us heavenly angels to minister Your grace, to give us power, to help us. And we need help because we want to be faithful stewards. For we know that that's the only kind of people that Jesus will be coming for. So help us to be faithful in all things. And please bless us the rest of this camp meeting. And may we grow more in your grace and the knowledge of your love. In Christ's name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.